I'm a, a maker of art. I don't consider myself an artist. Um, never have. Um, but I'm a storyteller, you know, hiker, boulder, lover of the land. Today on Woolen Spinning Radio, I was able to sit down with Ann Wilson of The Loving Blanket Project. Ann will introduce herself and I want to welcome her to the show. One of my teachers said one time, he's like, I'm a lifetime scholar. And ever since he said that, I was like, yes. She is two-spirit adikamic and French as well as German. Newly having relocated from Vancouver proper, Ann has settled in the Kootenays, specifically the unceded territories of the Sinics, the Silix, and the Katunawa people. Two-spirit is used within some Indigenous communities to refer to complex understandings of gender roles, spirituality, and the long history of gender and sexual diversity in Indigenous cultures. Yeah, so that's where I, well, that's where I got the idea, and my nephew loved his so much, and I figured it's a way for anybody in community, Indigenous and non-Indigenous, um, to feel like they're part of the grieving and also the healing process because I know a lot of non-Indigenous folks are, you know, whatever feelings they may have about residential school, just kind of try to make it, how you say? So we all feel like we're doing something in a positive light that isn't also dwelling on like the apocalyptic side of indigeneity. During our conversation, Ann refers to the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada. I have linked to this document in the show notes, available wherever you collect your podcasts, but more specifically at patreon.com slash spinning. And for the specific podcast episode, patreon.com slash spinning slash 8176462. As well, I have listed other resources for further reading, information about the Loving Blanket Project, and where to mail your 6-inch by 6-inch square to once you are finished. There are no time constraints. This was recorded in the spring of 2023, but if you are listening to this a year from now, On is well aware of the longevity of this project and will still be collecting squares. Attached to the Patreon post just mentioned are two PDF documents that you will need to download and read through. They are straightforward and I well worth the read. So I think I just need to believe in the process. And I think that's a big part of this project is the process. So just not people getting together and making is part of the process and then it being shipped to me is part of the process and then me putting the panels together with all the sidings and you know that's a process Mm -hmm. so I think in a way it's been helping me through the process of grief in a world of store-bought items and a world that seems to never slow down we make with our hands and tools here at Woolen Spinning Radio we take a moment to breathe to chat, to reflect. As the world continues in a whirlwind around us, we sit quietly at our spinning wheels with our knitting needles or on our looms. The gentle motion of twisting a spindle, watching it dropping slowly to the ground, or the click-clack of needles tapping against each other as we turn a heel, brings solace and comfort. We make with our hands because we love the process and value our handmade items. While they are never perfect, our yarns might be gently thick and thin or just plain over-twisted. In this place, we discuss what it means to be a maker, 
to use our hands. Join us as I chat with others in our community about these ideas, challenges, and rewards. Thank you for your time spent here in this place. You are always welcome. All right, let's get to the conversation I had with On. So welcome to Woolen Spinning Radio, On. It's just a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so I would love to just start off with you telling us a little bit about yourself. I'd love to hear about the type of art that you make, um, your identity as an artist, um, your background. Yeah, if you don't mind, let's start there. Sure. So my name's On Wilson. I'm a two-spirit, a Dickimich and French on my mother's side and German on the other. And I'm a grateful, uninvited guest and settler on the unceded territories of the Sinaiics, Salaiks, and uh, Katunawa peoples. I'm probably butchering that, so I'm sorry to those folks who are listening. Yeah, and I'm a, a maker of art. I don't consider myself an artist, um, never have, um, mm. but I'm a storyteller, you know, hiker, boulder, lover of the land. Yeah, and just a lifelong learner. I think one of my teachers said one time, he's like, I'm a lifetime scholar. And ever since he said that, I was like, yes, I want to be that. So mm-hmm. just continuous learning. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. What kind of things do you make when you're, I know um, a lot of it is from nature. Yeah. So I kind of, I started out doing public art, mosaic public art, and then um, I actually dabble in everything. I have the ADHD brain, so whatever is sparkly and shiny at that moment is kind of what I'm doing. (laughs) So woodworking, fabric, uh, textiles, I've started... um, to make clothes. There's this other woman who inspired me who spent a year making all of her own clothes right down to her shoes and knickers. So I was like, I also want to be you. So that would be great if I could do that. Um, Yeah, I do photography, painting. And then as you were saying, a lot of found um, art. So whenever I'm in the bush, it's whatever animal bones or bark or fern or flowers catch my eye and I, um, make assemblages with them. That is so cool. Wow. Yeah. Um, talking about handmade clothing, did you make your sweater? No. Um, but a little lady in Iceland made this sweater. Wow. And she made it in less than a week, which is like, They are such fast knitters. <laughs> yeah, that's the one yeah. thing. I really love the idea of knitting. Um, but because of ADHD, I tend to drift mm. and then I'm dropping stitches left, right, and center. So if you want uh, something moth-eaten looking, I could probably do that. But <laughs> <laughs> you need one of those yeah. patterns where it's like built in. <laughs> the, the like, dr- dr- you know, distressed knitting where you've got like the huge holes. <laughs> Yes. Like in the pattern yeah. or a pattern that holds you because you're constantly changing what you're doing. Yeah. I don't think that would hold me. I tried to yeah. do that and it ends up, I'm, my mom tried to teach me crocheting and I did that for a little while cause she was a crocheting wizard. And mm-hmm. then, um, I picked it up, I put it down and then picked it up a few years later, but um, I'm also dyslexic. So the fun thing about that is I do all my stitches backwards. 
Totally. So, you know, I was crocheting and I was like, mom, I'm so sure this is the way you showed me. And she's like, oh, well, let me watch you do it. And then she's like, oh, no wonder your stitches are so tight because you're doing it backwards. <laughs> and I oh was my like, gosh. okay. <laughs> uh, so, and then I couldn't wrap my mind around how to do it, quote unquote, the right way. So yeah, I gave up crocheting. But... <laughs> That's okay. You do so many other things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm actually um, next weekend doing a weaving course, so I'll be able to uh, weave some baskets, which is cool. my current obsession. Um, mm -hmm. When I first moved here, it was copper hammering, so I made copper bowls, and I've also done stained glass, so I'm pretty sure you can get me interested in doing anything. That's that also so cool. why I don't consider myself an artist, because I find people who define themselves as, as that try to stick to or stick to one medium usually mm -hmm. and then yeah. they become quote-unquote experts on that thing whereas mm -hmm. I'm a kind of a jack of all trades um mm -hmm. which I think is where people should actually move towards because mm -hmm. um that's more of a holistic way of being I I believe but yeah super interesting yeah yeah, yeah thanks for sharing that so I really want to talk about the loving blanket project with you um, that was why we wanted to meet. Yeah. And I know that's your baby right now. Um, so it came to you in a dream and, uh, would you be willing to share a little bit more with us about, about that? What happened? Well, yeah, it was just, um, it all started with my nephew who's obsessed with the Grinch, um, and making, and I decided I wanted to make him a quilt, um, I'm not going to speak for all indigenous cultures, but in some of the teachings that I've been taught, the blanket is, um, is very big in community um, and it's given as gifts and it's just a way to keep people warm and kind of bring people together um, from my understanding. So I thought it was a beautiful way to give my ne nephew something that would, you know, just make him feel loved. Um, and I had to hand paint all of the Grinch faces onto his quilt and then took me three months. I've sewed through fingers and spent most of it in tears. But anyway, <laughs> that's how I got the idea. So uh, when I first found out the 215 were returned, um, it was pretty much when COVID was still happening and we were living in isolation and I moved to a different community. So I don't, know anybody in this community it's um I don't see a lot of it's starting to get a little bit better but there's not that much diversity here so um mm. I just don't feel very safe in this community or like I can you know I went to an indigenous uh it's supposed to be an indigenous space and it just was a bunch of old white men in that space um so needless to say I didn't I wasn't connecting with anyone or feeling just feeling really lost, like even to do foraging here, the times are all different that I would forage the plants on the West Coast than I would here. It's months mm -hmm. behind. So I can't connect to my medicines or the land. So I was just feeling like really, really sad <laughs> and like no amount of time that I spend on the water um kind of soothe that for me so I was just trying to think of a way that we could just we can't gather in ceremony or just like grieve right so um mm -hmm. 
anyway, I went to bed thinking about that. Yeah. And in my dream, I, I, I don't really remember my dreams very well, but I just remember waking up being like, obviously I need to make a blanket. Right. And one way, <laughs> one way to bring people together is like, we don't have to sit in a room and knit or quilt together, um, which is what we might do um, in a grieving process. But I figured that we could all bring our grief together if we all made one square each mm -hmm. and one square representing one child returned home um, from genocide camps, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I, well, that's where I got the idea. And my nephew loved his so much. And I figured it's a way for anybody in community, Indigenous and non-Indigenous, um, to feel like they're part of the grieving and also the healing process. Because I know a lot of non-Indigenous folks are, you know, whatever feelings they may have about residential school, just kind of try to make it, how you say? So we all feel like we're doing something in a mm -hmm. positive light that isn't also dwelling on like the apocalyptic side of ind indigeneity. So mm -hmm. yeah. a way to bring everybody together. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And then when, when you see all of the squares together and you think of all those people who made each square, yeah. you can think of all of those individual kids yeah. Um, that, that, okay. <laughs> um, getting emotional there, but, um, yeah, you can, you can think of the, the loss and you can visualize the loss and, uh, sorry. <laughs> no, on, it's so real and so honest. Thank you for being so just you, <laughs> unapologetically <laughs> you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it affects me. I've got tears in my eyes. I, yeah. Um, how does it how does it affect you differently? Yeah. Tell me about that. Well, some sometimes um I'm good with it. And yeah. um because uh one of my teachers uh that I did um indigenous uh land-based therapy training with an elder, she said, you know, that we should welcome the kids home with love and happiness and not anger. Because if you're returning home from somewhere, you don't want to come home to an angry place or angry people, right? You want to be welcome with love and mm. and it's a celebration um, that we're that they're returning to their communities and that they're even though some people don't want to hear it or don't want to believe it, it's it's real. So it's uh creating a visibility that wasn't there before. Yeah. I think that's really important. And so when I heard Shirley say that we should be, you know, burning the sweet grass and celebrating, that kind of really switched my mindset about it because I was beyond angry. <laughs> I'm still mm -hmm. really angry. And so, yeah, I just, it's part of the cycles of grief, right? So you just, yeah. you go through different cycles with it. And then, I know, honey, sometimes I try to put the, the blanket down and then it just keeps coming back to me. So even yesterday, mm. I, I got uh, a square in the mail. So wow. it's, just, it's just a reminder that this work is important and that 
I don't necessarily have to look at it every day, but uh, I want the blanket to be like a living document, right? Like a record. And it also helps keep the conversation on the table, you know, because in the media, it's not talked about anymore. Um, It's occasionally I'll get a new blip. Okay. A hundred. I think the last one was 171 found. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm like two months ago, a month ago, right? So unless you're Googling and looking, it's not staying fresh. Whereas this is a a kind of a way to keep it fresh and keep people interested. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Without also passing blame, right? Like a lot of people don't want to deal with it because they don't want to deal with the guilt or whatever's going on for them. Um, And I'm not Mm -hmm. here to support that in any way either because I I don't want to hear about people carrying their guilt because like that's your choice or whatever like I'm not here to be like you should feel guilty like colonization isn't a thing that happened it's still happening it's still the process happening um so yeah I don't know what else to say about that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, that's perfect. Is that where the name came from? The loving blanket was from Shirley talking about welcoming the, the them home in a loving in a loving manner, like having a um, a celebration that they were coming home. Is that kind of where the name came from? Yeah, I think a part of that was um, what Shirley had said to inspire me. But I think the other part part of it is it's a loving blanket like we're loving the kids coming home we're we're loving each other we're um it's it's supposed to create love yeah yeah so i just the feeling of an embrace right being wrapped up like you mentioned about your nephew yeah yeah that's beautiful yeah that was my goal and i just kept calling it the loving blanket because i didn't want to call it you know the the genocide blanket (laughs) you know what I mean like you know you want to leave with good stuff right so yeah yeah and that I mean sometimes that's hard sometimes it's hard to put the the good stuff forward so well done for at least trying when when it's really hard right yeah I wanted to ask you so you've got you woke up from this dream you've got this idea but what made you actually pursue it Um, so I'm on an indigenous, um, shop indigenous woman's market on Facebook. And so I woke up with this dream and I said, okay, you know, I've never been welcomed into women's groups. Um, but I love supporting, um, people with vulvas or, you know, I love to, I love, you know, I go to an all-female dentist. I go to an all-female eye doctor. Um, I'm really trying to lift women up however I can. Mm. Um, anyway, so I love shopping on the Indigenous Women's Facebook group because you get genuine articles of indigeneity um, made by locals. Um, anyway, so after the dream, I said, oh, who better to ask than a bunch of women, <laughs> Indigenous women, right? So I, I posted it on um, that Facebook group, and I got about 80 responses that wow. day of folks saying that they were interested, they loved the idea. Um, so that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And then I that's how I kind of started it. Um, wow. 
which reminds me, I should actually post an update on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the running to-do list in your head, right? Yeah. It's always there. <laughs> yeah, never ends. Yeah, that's so, very cool. And then my friend, she works in Abbotsford at um, a penitentiary. And so her and an elder work with Indigenous folks within that penitentiary. Um you know, doing ceremony or mm-hmm. they have it as well in Alberta where they go on sweats and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. Cultural um, stuff. So she went to the penitentiary and they, they basically did the first 60 squares. Wow. Um, yeah. With elder support and, you know, um, so they're the, they're more the ones that are pen. They're, it's oh okay yep your money or anything but yeah wow. so that was the first 60. Um, do you have any idea of sort of how that went or because the idea is to sort of have a place for people to share their collective grief and to sort of carry that together as they're making the squares um do you have any sense of like how that went or i'm not sure i mean i'm sure yeah. it was a healing it was with an elder in an in- yeah you know, with ceremony um and land-based therapy, right? So I'm sure I, I there's one square that stuck with me and it's just a poem written to the creator. And that oh. kind of gives me an idea of how that went for that person. Yeah. Um, so I know it's, I'm actually, there's a penitentiary, a woman's penitentiary that I would like to reach out to um, mm-hmm. and see if they would, because it's a way for me to like get in there without me getting in there and being yeah. like, um, and create carving out a little bit of space. I did date a guy who was in the system and he said when his dad passed, he wasn't allowed to go. Right. Yeah. You're not allowed to go. You're not allowed to grieve. You're not allowed to attend the funeral, uh, or the sacred fire. Um, yeah. So that it's, uh, a way of stunting um, that pain, which isn't helpful for anyone. So it's a way to kind of give them space for that. And also, Mm -hmm. so it's seen in the outside world. Do you know what I mean? So other people can witness that and hold that for them. Um, Yeah. Super important to me. Yeah. Collective healing. Yeah. Yeah. In in a non-judgmental way right yeah it like and i know a lot of uh non-indigenous folks were like well can i make a square you yeah. know I said, of course you can make a square if it means something to you but not yeah. if you want your name on a wall to uh virtue signal that you did something right like mm-hmm. it has to come from an honest and truthful space for me mm-hmm. um because i am carrying around this energy and i yeah. it's gonna be heavy you know what I mean? And I don't need to put more heaviness in it with fake, you know? So it's yeah. important to me that people recognize, um, and I don't have space for guilt, so I don't want them to feel guilty. Just a place for acknowledgement, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, yeah you don't want to burden the blanket, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, that really resonates. Um, I know your vision had been to sort of for people to come together and gather and to make squares together. Um, 
do you like, do you have sort of for people who are maybe listening to this um, and are thinking about bringing a, a group of folks together to uh, make a, some squares together? Like, what would you, what would be your vision of, of what that would look like for them? Like, could you sort of give a little bit of guidance to like a group of, let's say there's a group of women um, together, maybe some indigenous, some not um, mm. who want to come together, make some, make a, some squares together. What, what, what would be like your, your vision for that? Like, what would you envision those that, that would look like for, to give people some, some, some help, maybe a little bit of a guiding, guiding hand. Well, I would hope that people would do their own, research beforehand and not expect any indigenous person to be teaching them especially in that kind of space um you need to do your own learning and be up on your own game knowing if if you're walking the right path then that's you shouldn't be expecting anyone to be teaching you you should be going out and seeking that information the truth and reconciliation um you know paper (laughs) is a great place to start. Um, So coming in with your own kind of base knowledge or you can have discussions like, oh, I'm curious about this or, but for me, like if I was to create a space and invite people into it, I would want it to be just like, how you say, like a safe space, you know, clear energy, however people clear their own space, you know, like I do a smudge, I always smudge with uh, Indian horsetail sage, you know, clear my area, make sure that um, I'm coming into the space. You know, I've smudged my own person or smoke cleared in some way. So I'm not, I'm coming in like with open ears and open heart. And like, I want to hear what someone's saying, not what I think they're saying, or, you know, I want to think before I'm talking. So I'm not just speaking for no reason you know so those types of things so being very mindful of how i'm entering the space and and that it's in a good clean way and then laughter you know just Mm. like you don't have to be talking about residential schools you can be just sharing stories like humor is the best medicine just laughing and spending time together unlike those kids were unable to do So um, just creating a nice, happy vibe and then like, oh, what's what's your square about, you know, like talking about the process or why they're making the image that came Mm. to them or, you know, I would really like people to think about the image. I, you know, I told my sister, I think like just picture, pick a kid and what they would like and make that square for them. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be that child, but it can be a child. And, you know, like one, Mm -hmm. one kid wrote, I love music. And I was like, that's great. I love that. Right. Or my sister was like, oh, you know, my nephew would just make the Grinch. And I'm like, great, make the Grinch. You know, Mm -hmm. if that's, if he's sharing something that excites him with another, with another kid. Right. So anything along those veins, um, just spreading joy and love and, um, you know, you just, uh, for me, I just picture like flowers come coming up in the winter. So mm. like, whatever visual you're getting from that, um, my friend did a bunch of research and he got about 1500 names of actual children who were genocide. 
right? Wow. So, um, you know, pick a name. You can write the yeah. name of that child, their age or their territory, um, something to bring them to the blanket, right? Yeah. Um, and my goal is to show it across Turtle Island, you know, mm -hmm. like across Canada, across North America, and just like, yeah, I just, I just want the kids to know that they're seen and witnessed and, yeah, you know, so they can move on in a good way. Yeah. Why don't we talk about, pardon? Did that answer your question? Yes, absolutely. Why don't we talk about what the blanket looks like thus far? Because you, you, you were describing to me like um, the squares that you've got sewn together at this point. And once you finish the batch that you've got now and the size that it'll be now, and then do you mind talking about kind of what your vision is for eventually? Cause like, this is going to be huge. <laughs> so yeah. I would love to hear kind of the whole thing. Yeah. I so, don't know anything about this. Each square is five inches um, by five inches after the seam lines taken out. So they're six by six when I receive them. And then I theoretically <laughs> sew them down to five, but anyway, um, and so each panel is 25 squares. Um, and currently I have about one, two, three, five to six panels. Um, six panels for sure. So I need about two more panels and then I'll have a king size quilt. Wow. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> which I actually laid out yesterday on my floor and I can't, if I sewed it all together, I couldn't lay it out on my floor because I live in a tiny house, which is 256 square feet. So it wouldn't fit on my living room floor. So and I was like, I might have to start sewing outside, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is fine. I'll just bring in an extension cord. I'm pretty sure my neighbors think I'm off my rocker anyway. So Perfect. Um, it'll, it'll be fine. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. My goal is to just kind of like, I'd love to go to powwows and just sit at a powwow with my blanket and be like, I don't want to be like, Hey, come work on my blanket. But it, I just kind of want people to be drawn to it and be, and kind of yeah, do it of their own accord. But it, at least it would give, um, people could see it. Right. So my goal is to just kind of go, yeah, go to different galleries, have it up. Um, it has been at the Roslyn library. Um, some folks had a workshop at the trail library. Um, I got to talk to Caslow, maybe do one at their library. Um, yeah. So just more workshops, it's taken a year to get about 150 squares, um, okay. but I think the more the more we talk about it and the more the word gets out, um, the more squares will come in. Yeah, um, yeah. These things have a way of like generating their own natural momentum, right? Because word of mouth, that person tells that person, that yeah. person tells that person. Next thing you know, and we're talking about you know, all told like thousands of squares by the time this thing is done. So 
<laughs> I think Truth and Reconciliation Committee had pegged it at about, you know, 4,700-ish. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to say in my blood knowledge, I'm feeling more like 10,000. You know yeah. what I mean? And the Truth and Reconciliation Committee can only go by reports that were written right and it's like a lot of those reports weren't written there's kids that aren't in graves that are you know that managed to escape or anyway so we're going to account for all of those people um wow yeah so if you're already up to a king size quilt i mean like (laughs) the number of squares you and I talked about this. We talked about hooking up your tiny home to the back of the truck and like driving <laughs> yeah. down the road with your blanket. Well, yeah. I was just thinking like when I really first started getting excited about it, I was like, oh my goodness. And then I started calculating out 10,000 squares and they're five inches each. Like you can only imagine how big that's going to get. But what really excited me was the idea of walking along the highway with the blanket so Mm. say it's a kilometer long right like it's gonna be long you're gonna notice that people right those people um yeah because you're gonna need many many people to carry it carry it and hold which is the whole point yes exactly um oh and i've also been um quilt like putting uh images on the back of the quilts because originally i was just doing gonna do the one side because i've probably spent about seven hundred dollars on this quilt so far and it was supposed to cost me zero (laughs) um which is also why it's a community art project because people are supposed to pay for their own art supplies like that's part of you quote unquote buying in to the project right it's not like you come to me and i give you all the supplies and then it's easy peasy for you right like you're supposed to buy into that's why i want people to do their own learning and such yeah and i went down a rabbit hole and forgot where i went the going down the highway with the multiple people yeah i was just picturing like all these people like singing and just walking down the highway having a grand old time right like you want to be a welcome home with love and laughter and so that's just a that's what i was envisioning (laughs) and then i was also envisioning a giant semi and then i'm like oh my goodness like where am i gonna store it (laughs) Um, well that's what came to my mind yeah giant trailer and as it's a living document what i would like it to be a living document um it's going to take many many years obviously um to make and you know i just envisioned it being taken over by a bigger entity like a bigger like a gallery or somewhere where it's housed maybe on a full-time basis and then you know as stuff's being made you know like panels can be in different areas getting blessed in different parts of turtle island or creating excitement in different parts so the blanket doesn't all have to be in one piece and it's not going to be all at one time right it's going to be pieces here pieces there and then a big bigger piece displayed somewhere wow shout out to vancouver art gallery um (laughs) (laughs) totally you know what i mean so just to play somebody will hear this 
Yeah. Pick up, uh, be inspired, pick up um, maybe a little package or something and make their own square and just have like a drop-off spot, which is what they're doing at the library. Um, Just uh, my friend Sarah um, owns like a fiber store. And so she put a bunch of packages together Mm -hmm. uh, because she has the resources to do that. And so that she just left them at the library and people just pick them up and that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And if you could have drop spots like that around the, around, you know, the continent, I mean, that would just be amazing. Yeah. Well, I've (laughs) originally, I was like, people can just mail them to me. Right. Cause it's something we can, you know, we don't have to be together. I was thinking like families could do it together, you know, like the daughter or it doesn't have to be, people with vulvas, any gender can do this, right? Be in a group and make, uh, do a workshop or whatever. But originally I was just giving everyone my address because- That's tricky though, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I love to think as much as I've been harmed my entire life, I always think of the good of people. And then, and then, you know, Sarah took the- a loving blanket and about three panels down to Fiber West in Surrey yes. in March. And she's like, do I just give everyone your address? And I was like, you know, I really got to rethink, <laughs> rethink this because I just don't, I don't know who's going to show up to my house. Maybe they hate my blanket. Maybe they hate love. I don't know. And they show up to my house yeah. right, um, to create harm in some way. Um, yeah. Anyway, you have to be careful. I just bought a paid for a PO box yesterday. Oh, smart. Yeah. Uh, I can give you the address for that yes, later. Please. So it'll, people mm-hmm. can still mail it to me. Yeah. Um, but it's safer. Yeah. It's, it's safer. That's a really good thing on. Yeah. I'm glad you did that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so, an extra 130. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it'll help me sleep better at night if I don't think of re- you know, random people showing up at my house. Yeah. Even if they're being loving, you know what I mean? I'm like, (laughs) maybe it's too much loving. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So because of the scope of this project is going to go on for many years and it's, it's a big project. And I heard from it first, Sarah connected us. Mm. Um, How are you looking after yourself through all of this? Um, You have to pace yourself. Yeah, I definitely, well, when I was feeling depressed and upset about it and no one was contributing um, or seeming interested, then I was like, I'm going to make a square a day and I will make, you know, squares till the day I die. (laughs) (laughs) This project's being made now that I'm, you know, now that I've sunk my teeth into it. And then the blanket started to get really dark. Um, mm-hmm. I started getting really, and then the anger came back, right? I cycled, mm-hmm. cycled back through the grief, grief cycle back into anger. And then I was like making headstones and like, it, like just not, I mean, I want to tell the story of residential schools. So I've done some scissors and some hair cuttings and, you know, those things still need to be talked about. There's a, still a place for that storytelling as well, but yeah, my imagery just started getting really dark. Um, and then I had to step away from mm. it. So um, 
but then all of a sudden interest picked up again. So I think mm -hmm. I just need to believe in the process. And I think that's a big part of this project is the process. So just mm -hmm. not people getting together and making is part of the process. And then it being shipped to me is part of the process. And then me putting the panels together with all the sidings and, you know, that's a process. Mm -hmm. So I think in a way it's been helping me through the process of grief yeah. uh, and anger and all of those things because it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be sad. It's okay. Yeah. There's space for all of those feelings in me yeah. and in the blanket. Yeah. Um, yeah and just recently uh, my mom died in December. So they'll there's that journey as well um yeah there's just a lot of grief in my life right now um yeah it's been my whole life really but um so it's just really helping me process that mm -hmm. in like a healthy way and i think probably the last five six years is the first time in my entire life that i haven't been in survival mode um so i could focus on a little more things like quote unquote, my identity and what being mm. two spirit means or, you know, kind of looking at how those things played out in my life. Um, so it's been giving me that space mm. and being on the land. And like, I live in a tiny house because I don't want to sit inside and clean my house all day. I want to be on the land, right? I want to be growing my garden or building things or working with my people you know, whatever animals that I may accumulate shortly. Um, <laughs> so, and it's like, we open the door in the morning and me and the dog are just on the land all day. Um, not in front of the TV or, you know, when I moved here, I sat outside on the patio and it was so much louder here. Like, I can't explain it to you. Like, I was sitting and this bird, this raven flew over my head and it sounded like an air, like I was like, what is that sound? It sounded like an airplane so loud because I'd never actually heard a bird fly over my head before. Wow. Because you're in the city and there's so much white noise yeah. all the time. It was actually, yeah. the quiet was deafening. <laughs> yeah, and you came from like Vancouver City. Like, you came yeah. from you know, like downtown core. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Amazing. So, and I was coming from a place where people were actively trying to kill themselves on a regular basis mm -hmm. because of the pain that they're in. And then coming home because I was a child and youth care uh, worker, mental health and addictions worker, coming home and putting out fires all day in my clients' lives. And then coming home and seeing people actively trying to die was making me extremely suicidal so it's yeah. just like what's the point of this like what you know what is the point point? and so i think again always in survival mode right i'm trying to help other people survive i'm trying to survive you know i had student loan debt and all those things mm -hmm. that's just like you know i was minus 800 a month every single month you know what i mean <laughs> so to go from yeah. that to this where i'm not, not in survival mode and i'm have exactly what I want um, in terms of where I'm living and the way that, in terms of the way that I'm living, um, 
yeah, I just, I think life giving. Yes. So I think that enabled me to make space for this. Mm. And I think I'm a, I'm a big believer that the creator gives me what I can handle when I can handle it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it kind of, it all comes at the right time, you know, for me where I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, that would have come when I wanted it to, that might've been too much or, you know what I mean? So I try to be very grateful for when and how I receive things. And yeah. So to answer your question, I think, I know baby. Um, yeah, I don't think I could have done the work that I'm doing if I wasn't in the space that I am now and where I am right now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's too big. Yeah. It's too big. Yeah. 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 And when you're in constant survival mode, there's, there's no space for anything else. There's no, you, you, you're one person, but you also have the resources that you have, you know, you, of, of course it's not the right time, but now like even just seeing like, you know, your light, you know, you laugh and be excited about something and get all fired up about it and, and excited about something. You can tell that this is, um, you know, even if it'll have moments where it maybe will slow down a little bit and feel like, okay, where are the squares? Like, come on guys. Yeah. And then it'll pick up momentum again. And it'll kind of, you know, like any project, right. Ebb and flow, but you, um, yeah, you can, you can sort of embrace that as part of the, the part of part of the process part. Of, and I think that's a big part of life, right? Like yeah. we all ebb and flow like that. We yeah. all, we're all doing good one day and next day we're in a freaking hurricane, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that's just that. part of life. And so I think, yeah, it's just a true testament to how things actually are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And we all yeah. have love-hate relationships. We can love and hate something. You know, yeah. I'm going through perimenopause. I can be hot and cold at the exact <laughs> same time. It's really fascinating. Who would have thought? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so if people do want to contribute a square to the blanket, um, what are some things, this is purely practical um, on, what are some things that they need to keep in mind? Do they need um, to be yeah, six just- by six? Six by six, um, be mindful that I will be ironing it. Um, One lovely child made a square that I absolutely loved with wax crayons. Oh, no. I ironed it. The image disappeared. (laughs) And it ended up on your iron, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, which in itself is a death of its own. So even that was a process for me, right? So I was just like, well, I'm still going to include it because just because this youth's name or youth's image isn't on the square doesn't mean that that kid doesn't exist or what his energy, right? Which all speaks to finding the children, right? So anyway, I was like, oh, it's it's still going in there. People will think it's a blank square, but I will know. (laughs) I love that. Um, yeah sorry lost your question so it's gonna be ironed yeah so iron um people have done beading people have i just got uh one in of someone who uh knitted um an image and then sewed that onto the square oh cool Mm -hmm. um so basically there is no wrong way to make a square i mean be tasteful obviously it's a children's blanket but um yeah. That's awesome. People have wrote poetry. People have done 
a plaque, is that what they call it? A plaque where they create the image and put it on. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Cool. There is no I wrong have... way to do it. Okay. And I have your, um, this sheet here that yep. says like, welcome, welcome to imagery ideas and then powerful words, and then some things to be aware of. And I'll include that all in the post for you okay. so that people can go and look at the post that goes with this podcast episode. And they can look at, um, some of the like nitty gritty details of some of the things, particularly the list of things to be aware of for non-Indigenous folks. Um, cause they and might not know. Thank Sarah that. for that form. Cause that's her form. I didn't even. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I had input into that form, um, but I also, I didn't think about those types of things that Sarah lovingly, I think, thought about. So this is also why community projects are important because it's, yeah, I've, right. So, yeah. um, yeah, we just want to avoid really cliche. Yeah. You know, again, it's about being mindful and individualism and, no, it's not about individualism, but you want to make an image for an individual, right? Yeah, like for a child. Like, yeah. Yeah. You don't want love and laughter and whatever yeah. trope kind of words, but um, yeah. 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 I loved the imagery ideas that you and Sarah had come up with um, the, you know, flowers, trees, roots, leaves, hearts, hands, people holding hands, stars, constellations, clouds, moons, animals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I think all the any, you know, forest imagery, child imagery, um, if there's something that moves you, like that child who wrote I love music or, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. or you think of a friend and, you know, like my best friend, I've been calling her panda since we were 12, right? Mm -hmm. So even when I send her stuff in the mail, it's to panda. <laughs> right? Um <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you know, which her husband gets a, ch a chuckle out of because he's like oh something came in the mail for you and she said are you sure it's for me and she, he says it says to panda and she'll she'll know it's for me right um <laughs> so whatever type the imagery works for you or works for whatever um idea you're trying to capture or yeah, yeah. wonderful i really That's want good. to inspire people to use their I was hesitant for the for Sarah to have those imagery ideas on there because <laughs> I think one of her ideas was sun, and then she had like an image that she would stick in the packets, which is fine if there's one sun that looks like that, but you don't want a wall of suns that look like that because yeah. then all I thought was smallpox, right? And then I was like, heaven forbid we make a blanket called the loving blanket and then it looks like smallpox right like yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're trying to step away from that idea right so um yeah. Yeah. just kind of mindful of what the image might look like on a larger scale um mm -hmm. multiples um yeah but yeah whatever you know i would encourage um people of indigenous ancestry to use whatever works um in terms of people's traditions or mm -hmm. cultures or things like that. So if there's an image that um, for medicine or something um, that speaks to that person, great, please include that. Yeah. Or clan names or, you know, um, mm -hmm. yeah. Just so we can get a big representation of all of the people, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. Thanks on where, if people want to learn more and they want to connect with you personally, where can they find you? Where's the best place for them to be able to find you? And I'll link to it in the show notes too. So, um, and make sure that they have your Instagram and stuff. Yeah. Art, art of on art of underscore on a H N. Um, that's my Instagram. Um, it's my personal, uh, quote unquote art page. Um, but as of late, it's just been the loving blanket. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not tech savvy. So <laughs> people are like, do a website. And I'm like, cool. Are you going to make me a website? No, yeah, that's, okay. that's like a whole thing <laughs> unto itself. Yeah. Right. So I, <laughs> yeah. I'm not that tech savvy, but like I've posted. And if you just um, hashtag the loving blanket and then it all goes, mm-hmm. you know, you can um, search the hashtag the loving blanket and you will get all the images. You get pages after pages. Yeah. Right. It's so cool. So, yeah. yeah. Um, that's probably the best way. And then um, sending ma- um, sending them squares through the mail to the PO box. Yeah. And I'll include that in the post. I'll put the, once I get it from you, I'll put the address in for people so that they yeah, can send if, it direct. If people would love to... I would love for people to include like a little letter or a little, um, I got a little card from someone explaining why it means something to them or Mm. what the image they made means to them and things like that. Because I'd I'd love to do an art show uh, showing the blanket and then on the other wall showing people's write-ups, their notes. Oh, yeah. Like why their cards or whatever they mail to me. Right. So then it shows the, because just saying a number, you're not, you're not, I don't know about you, but people, people are like, Oh, it's a hundred feet. I have no idea what that means. I can't visualize Mm -hmm. that. So, you know, once you can see the people, there's actual people that go with the actual squares. um, It makes it more real. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. maybe more of it. Then you're getting like um, a genuine connection. Like if I can mm-hmm. read, be like, oh, that person made this square for their sister or this person that they knew whose indigenous sister was murdered or, you know, mm-hmm. some sort of history and story because that's, again, what it is, right? Yeah, Unlike, that's the whole point. Yeah. yeah. Stitching together of stories, right? I love it. <laughs> that's perfect, On. Thank you. Thank you. Keep spinning.